1: Hey, it's Nate, part of the team here at Unspookable. You've no doubt heard recent episodes where Elise, head writer Eleanor, and I are trying out different things. That may be an occasional interview with a horror writer, an expert on a spooky topic, or something entirely different, like some upcoming collaborations we're excitedly working on. But I wanted to tell you why we're doing this. It's actually because of you, our Unspookable listeners. Whether it be via a review on Apple Podcasts, the Q&A on Spotify, on TikTok, or by email, one of the things we hear most from our listeners is that we need to post more episodes. Well, with how much research we put into each topic and how long it takes to write each episode, this is how we can post more. And speaking of your feedback, I wanted to take a quick moment to read some recent reviews. On Apple Podcasts, I love What If World says, I love this so very much. Thank you for sharing with us. I have always been looking for a scary podcast, and ever since I found Unspookable, I really love the way you explain all of it. It really helps the listeners, and it helps me understand what you're actually talking about. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. If I could give it 5 million stars, I would. Also, can you please do a Hocus Pocus episode? One of my favorite scary movies. And then Danger Peeps writes, Thank you. This is awesome. Love the Five Nights at Freddy episode. Kitty Cat 1234567890 writes, Great podcast, y'all. Awesome for chills and thrills and gets you thinking. Love it. Keep going. MC Kittens says, So, so Scary but so, so fun to listen to. And finally, Brit Texas Lego Mom writes, So refreshing to have a captivating, interesting, and clean podcast for people of all ages. My six and nine-year-old begged to listen to this in the car. Episode ideas, shadow people, and ghost lights. Well, thank you all so, so much for reaching out. Now, if you have a topic you'd like to hear covered, or want to send feedback for the show, you can leave us a comment in your podcast player of choice, send us an email, or you and a grown-up can even post on Instagram or our TikTok. We always appreciate hearing from our listeners. Now, this week, we are happy to play an encore performance of one of our favorite episodes. Please enjoy this encore presentation of Friday the 13th. Sounds Soundsington
0: Media! Hold your breath when you pass a cemetery. Don't walk under a ladder. Definitely don't let a black cat cross your path. If you spill salt, you have to throw a pinch over your left shoulder. When you drive through a yellow light, kiss your hand and tap the ceiling of your car. Do any of these superstitions sound familiar to you? Do you have your own? Or maybe your family has superstitions that you all share. I always have the urge to knock on wood to avoid jinxing a situation. One dictionary definition of superstition says it's a belief or practice resulting from fear of the unknown, trust in magic or chance, a false conception of causation, or ignorance. Ignorance? That's a touch on the harsh side, don't you think? But beyond calling us ignorant, the dictionary is trying to point out that a superstition is something that we do or believe, even though we can't prove that it has any effect. The athlete that wears the same socks to every game. Someone who plays the same lottery numbers every week. Hanging talismans on our doorways. We do or say lots of things to try to bring good luck towards us and keep bad luck away. Like with many things that we talk about on Unspookable, there are so many different experiences of the idea of good luck, bad luck, and general superstitions that probably each of our listeners could contribute a different story or idea of their own to this conversation. And though we can't cover them all, we can talk about one of those touchstone superstitions that lots of us have heard of. Friday the 13th. Do you think there's a creepy kind of magic going on anytime the 13th of the month lands on a Friday? Do you think the number 13 is good luck, bad luck, both? I'm Elise Parisian and today we're gonna uncover the reasons Friday the 13th has become the eerie day that it has on this episode of Unspookable.
1: Luck is when more good things happen than bad. Yes, I believe in good luck and bad luck. Like, sometimes, like, things just happen out of the ordinary, and, like, it's just so random, like, something could, like, fall down, and you're like, you said something, like, nothing's going to fall down, and then it happens. Like, it's just bad luck. If you're lucky, you, like, you get something you
0: want, Or something gives you luck, like a leprechaun, basically. Like, is luck even a thing? To unpack the ideas behind Friday the 13th, let's start with the number 13 itself. In cultures all over the world, regardless of spoken language or religion, the number 13 seems to have some significance, with examples in myth and folklore that don't always have a clear origin. Do you know the old thought experiment, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, it seems like the question of what came first applies to 13 as well. Do people feel like it has a significance and so they find examples of it in their world? Or have events involving the number 13 just happened so much that people began to point it out? Just like the puzzle with the chicken and the egg, it's hard to pinpoint why 13 has this type of pull. Some scholars think the significance of 13 is sort of wired into us as humans because of our connection to nature, particularly the cycles of the moon. A lunar year has 12.41 cycles. From one new moon to the next usually takes about 29.5 days. So in any given calendar year, there will actually be around 13 lunations, even though we only have 12 months. Before the 12-month calendar existed, With the named months and days, many ancient people would have marked time by the cycles of the moon, making the number 13 very important. Some people also connect the significance to feminine energy and fertility, because the length of the cycles of the moon can also correspond to menstrual cycles. So even though the accepted calendar has a particular way of marking time, nature and the human body may have more of a kinship with the number 13. Thinking about the calendar year brings up another important thing about the number 13. It's not the number 12. I can hear you sighing, okay, but seriously, bear with me. 12 and 13 are like oil and water numerically. Two numbers that are so close together and yet so, so different, hardly exist anywhere else on the number line. For starters, many mathematicians refer to 12 as a sublime number. And while I'm not qualified to give you the proof that number theorists would use to figure this out, what I can say is that 12 is a sublime number because it is a positive integer that has a perfect number of positive factors, and its positive factors add up to another perfect number. Did I lose you? Let's add some actual numbers to all those math words, shall we? 12 has the positive factors 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, and 12. If you add 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 plus 6 plus 12, you get 28, which is also a perfect number. There are bunches of perfect numbers, but 12 is only one of two known sublime numbers, and the other contains 76 digits. If you think about it, humans really are attracted to something about 12. 12 has a kind of symmetry that 13 just doesn't. The ancient Sumerians developed the numeral system based on 12 that we still use for time today. 12 months in a year, a day that can be divided into two, 12-hour halves. We have 12 zodiac signs, 12 apostles in the Bible, 12 days of Christmas. We even give a special word to 12 of something, dozen. So up against 12, 13 is kind of odd. In many languages, it's the first number that has that new ending which, in English, is teen, because it's the first composite number. Where 12 is so unique, 13 is 10 and 3. And speaking of teen, many of us can acknowledge that becoming a teenager means something. It's a big step on the path of human life, and marked with rituals for many cultures and religions. Sure, in the U.S., you're not allowed to watch PG-13 movies, and many social media websites tell you you have to be 13 to use them. But there's also celebrations, like the bar or bat mitzvah in Judaism, which takes place when a student goes through a ceremony that makes them a full member of the faith. So it's clear that humans and 13 go way back. It's kind of in our blood to be aware of this number. So then, what makes so many people think 13 is unlucky? And Friday the 13th, potentially even dangerous.
1: Friday the 13th is like, a day where scary things happen. Friday the thirteenth, everyone gets scared at school and they think something's gonna happen and they're just they're just really scared. And then everyone's just like, oh something's gonna happen, something's gonna happen. And like people just tell scary stories about it and they're just like so scared. And it's weird it's like weird though, because Usually happens on that day, but people just look on the days where people think it's the scariest and just say that's the scariest, and people don't pay attention to all the other days that are scary, and everything exactly the same happens.
0: Do you know how lots of fears have those big sounding names like arachnophobia, the fear of spiders, or claustrophobia, the fear of small or tight spaces? Phobia comes from the Greek root word phobos, used to mean fear terror, panic, or in some cases, flight, as in fleeing from something you're scared of. The fear of the number 13 is called triskaidekaphobia, and the fear of Friday the 13th specifically is called Frigga That may sound random, but the Frigg part means Friday, and it's taken from the Norse goddess Frigg, who the day Friday is named after. For most of the world that uses the Gregorian calendar, the 13th month will fall on a Friday at least once a year, but sometimes as many as three times a year. Did you know that our calendar has a name? Introduced by Pope Gregory XIII in October of 1582, the Gregorian calendar attempted to make up for the fact that Earth's revolution around the sun couldn't be evenly divided into days. A year is about 365 and one-quarter days long. So the Gregorian calendar introduced the leap year to make up for this. Using this calendar, a Friday the 13th will occur on any month that begins on a Sunday. There were three Friday the 13ths in 2015 and one in 2016. Then, the years 2017 through 2020 have two occurrences each. But in 2021 and 2022, we will only have one Friday the 13th each year. According to the Stress Management and Phobia Institute in Asheville, North Carolina, between 17 and 21 million Americans are affected by a fear of Friday the 13th. Some people might avoid certain activities on that day, like traveling, or getting together with friends out of fear of accidents. Some people might not leave their house at all, Any time a Friday the 13th occurs, American businesses report decreases in profits that add up to millions of dollars for the national economy. Some people think the fear of Friday the 13th is related to different religious mythology. In ancient Norse stories, evil and chaos were first introduced to the world when the trickster god Loki showed up to a dinner party at Valhalla. He was the 13th guest, upsetting the balance of the perfection of 12. Similarly, in the Bible there are 12 apostles at the Last Supper, until Judas arrives, the 13th guest who ends up betraying Jesus. Another story says that the Knights Templar, who were thought at one point to have guarded the Holy Grail, were arrested and eventually put to death by the order of King Philip IV of France. The betrayal of the Knights took place on Friday, October 13th, in 1307. Around 80% of high-rise buildings in the U.S. don't have a 13th floor. Check and see if you happen to be in a tall building sometime. And on many racetracks, they don't use the number 13 to label any of the stalls, thinking that any horse who has to stay in there will be unlucky. Our obsession with Friday the 13th, especially in the Western world, could have partially been kicked into high gear at the beginning of the 1900s. In 1907, Thomas Lawson wrote a book called Friday the 13th, in which a stockbroker uses people's superstition of the number to create panic on Wall Street. Before that, it is not known if Americans associated Friday specifically with the 13th. We didn't even start using the word triskaidekaphobia until the 1910s. Perhaps one of the most well-known references to Friday the 13th being scary is the American horror franchise Friday the 13th. Which has 12 films and many other spin offs, like a TV show, comics, and novels. While technically being violent enough to be for adults only, since the first one released in 1980, they have become such a part of American popular culture that many of us may recognize the symbols from the films, even if we haven't seen them, like the hockey mask that the character Jason wears. It's safe to say that anyone in America who didn't have a reference to why Friday the 13th might be scary before 1980 probably had some reference point for it once this scary movie came out. I know there's a lot of movies about him. I know he's the kid in the water first. Then he gets the... He gets a bag on his head, basically.
1: And then he gets the mask that he's mostly known for, the hockey mask. But first you see the bag on his head.
0: So is there any evidence that accidents or creepy occurrences are more likely to happen on a Friday the 13th? Anything other than a completely fictional horror movie franchise that could make us want to lock our doors and stay inside? Well, there are a few stories from recent history that people say prove the bad luck of Friday the 13th. On a Friday the 13th in 1969, the Cubs and the Mets were playing a regular old game of baseball when a black cat ran onto the field. The cat stared into the Cubs' dugout for 10 seconds before disappearing. The Cubs went on to lose 18 of their next 27 games, when before they had been the leaders in their division. On Friday, October 13th in 1972, a plane crash stranded a team of rugby players from Uruguay in the Chilean mountains. Out of 45 passengers on the plane, only 16 ended up surviving until they were rescued months later in December. In 1976, a man named Daz Baxter reportedly stayed home on Friday the 13th in August because he was afraid of bad luck following him around. Then, while he was taking an afternoon nap, the floor beneath his bed caved in, sending him crashing six floors down to his death. In 2010, a 13-year-old boy in England was struck by lightning while watching an afternoon air show. Miraculously, he escaped with only minor burns. The time of the lightning strike was 1.13 p.m., or 13.13 in military time. At first glance, all of these different stories may make it seem like a bunch of messed up stuff does happen on Friday the 13th. But if you think about it, we could probably pick any day of the year and find eerie or even tragic things that happened that day. There's no way to prove that those things happened because it was Friday the 13th. They could have happened on any other day. In fact, in some Spanish-speaking countries, it's Tuesday the 13th that's bad luck. And in Italy, it's Friday the 17th. In China and some other Asian countries, the number four is the most unlucky because the words for four and death sound pretty similar. So it's the fourth day or the fourth floor that have associated superstitions in the same way that Americans might avoid the 13th. As with many superstitions, Friday the 13th is only as powerful as we let it be. If we believe it has significance, Then we will be able to point to occurrences on that day and say, see? But one of the most terrifying things about living in our universe as humans can in fact be the utter randomness of all of it. The fact that unlucky things are as likely to happen on a Friday the 13th as they are on any other day of our lives. So really, like with most scary things, it's all how you look at it. And speaking of the universe, NASA scientists have determined that on Friday, April 13th, 2029, the orbit of the asteroid Apophis will bring it almost directly into Earth's path. While they expect the asteroid to miss us and everything to be fine, you never know. Let's just hope that the Earth isn't feeling unlucky that day. Thanks for listening to Unspookable. I'm your host, Elise Parisian. This episode was written by Eleanor Riley Condit, produced and edited by Nate Dufort. Our theme song and additional music composed by Jesse Case. Our logo was created by Natalie Kewen with episode artwork by Sarah Stitches. Special thanks this week to our guests, Al, Blythe, and Olivia. Are you enjoying the show so far? Make sure to tell your friends. You can also leave us a rating and review in your podcast player of choice. Or share an episode on social media. Speaking of social media, did you know that Unspookable is on Twitter? Look for us at I'm Unspookable. Have an idea for a future episode? Want to reach out about a potential partnership or sponsorship? You can contact the Unspookable team on our website at unspookable.com. Unspookable is part of the Soundsington Audio Network, committed to making quality programming for young audiences and the young at heart. For more information on our shows and the people behind them, go to www.soundsingtonmedia.com. Hey, it's Elisa and Nate from Unspookable. For the next two months, Unspookable is conducting a listener survey to help us get to know you, your interests, and what you think of the show.
1: Please support the podcast by taking our short questionnaire at www.surveymonkey.com r slash unspookable. It only takes a few minutes, and your feedback will help us improve the show and help us find new sponsors and partners who interest you and your family.
0: Plus, as our way of saying thank you, you will be entered to win a $500 Amazon gift card.
1: Again, that's www.surveymonkey.com/r/unspookable, or click on the link in our show notes.
0: Thank you.